The following program contains views, ideas, and opinions that have been produced by the host DJ and their guests, and are not reflective of the views of WRFL or its underwriters. For questions, comments, or concerns, please email programming at wrfl.fm. Who listens to the radio anymore? We do. WRFL Lexington. Hello, you're listening to Campus Voices on WRFL Lexington, a program where we take a look at what's going on in the Lexington and UK campus communities. I'm your host, Kennedy Soberwall, and today we are discussing the impact that COVID-19 has had on local businesses, especially Lexington's music venues. For years, Lexington has been home to a lively music scene, but since mid-March, events that have brought business to Lexington's bars and venues have had to postpone or cancel completely. As shows began to cancel, the music venues, like Cosmic Charlie's, have had to close. Though many artists have been able to perform live-streamed shows through social media to collect donations, music venues are continuing to struggle. We are going to hear from people from two music venues and local businesses, as well as local artists. First, we will discuss the effect that COVID-19 has had on the venues. Here with us today, we have business partner of The Paddock on South Limestone, Matthew Price, and we also have the owner and operator of Manchester Music Hall, Adam Hatton. Thank you both so much for being with us. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and start with the questions. Adam, tell us about the way that Manchester Music Hall's event cancellation has affected your business. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's completely killed us, to be honest with you. We're, we're currently working at a deficit. So since, you know, our March date that you mentioned, um, we were, you know, probably one of the first to close and we're going to be one of the last to reopen. Um, when I say we're working at a deficit, we have absolutely zero income and we're also refunding tickets. So, so we're, we're negative cash flow right now. Um, and we're sitting here paying, you know, a, a pretty hefty rent and utility bill. Uh, unfortunately we, we have had to lay off all of our employees, uh, hundred percent, including myself. Um, and, and it's really sad. It's really scary and it's really sad. So that's, uh, it's been a really, uh, really difficult time for us so I'm sure and I know that I said you know places like Cosmic Charlie's that are also music venues have had to close down because of this so do you think that Manchester will finally reopen and be able to recover from this uh yeah we we hope so you know obviously we still don't know how long this is going to last um uh you know there's a lot of different avenues when it comes to Manchester we don't we only we we not only do uh music and things like that. We also do um, weddings, uh, receptions, corporate events and stuff like that. So, you know, our question is when can we come back even at 50%, that's 500 people. Uh, when, when are they going to allow 500 people to gather? You know, that's, that's one of our questions. And then when are we going to be able to, you know, our business model wasn't, wasn't, uh, made on, on 500 or 50%. I don't think anybody's was. Um, but to get some cash flow would be really nice. Do I think we'll come back? Yeah, 100%. Um, I am part of 
NIVA, N-I-V-A, um, which is a group lobbying for uh, government assistance for music industry. Um, there's 1,700 promoters and venues like myself that's part of that group. You should check them out. Uh, uh, hashtag Save Our Stages is, is what we're working with right now. Uh, just lobbying for, lobbying for some help um, because we, we still don't know when we're going to come back and and how and you know when we do come back are people going to want to come out and spend money are people going to want to buy tickets and and be in large crowds we just we really don't know and it's it's a scary situation for us so right i'm sure and also you know bouncing off that as saying oh are people actually wanting to go out we can kind of turn our attention to matthew because um you know over at the paddock i know you guys are already open and um price dinner club has been doing all, a lot of food out of there and you guys have merged together so tell me about the uncertainty that was maybe going forward with being able to open up the paddock and just tell me about your all's journey yeah well the biggest thing is is no one living currently has ever walked through a pandemic um, on the government side or on the client side of anything. So the most frustrating part for business owners that people can understand is just the fear of not knowing. And, you know, just like Manchester has a set of questions right now where it's like, there's a lot of unknowns still for us, it was all the unknowns and then everything changing every single day. And even right now I'm expecting the health department to show up at, any moment with new rules because they change about twice a day from the government governor's level, uh, you know, just at the state side, not just nationally. So that's the biggest thing is the unknown. Luckily for us though, for a lot of businesses, it's a chance to pivot. And that's kind of where we brought in the food aspect with Price Dinner Club versus Paddock is, you know, Paddock was a bar that ran off of March Madness, live music on weekends. And when you take those away, what's left? And so we're just, we've had to rebuild and retool and adjust and then also adjust what it looks like for people coming out. Um, you know, I understand what it's like to pay insurance and utilities and rent on South Limestone when nothing's open. And even with limited occupancy now, you know, that doesn't solve. It's a breath of fresh air because we know what we can do and we're working now, but it still doesn't solve a lot of problems. And, a day-to-day -day, my business concerns are not my business i don't get to spend time marketing all the new things that we're doing and anything like that my business is making sure people are staying distant and so you know we had live music this past saturday night which was amazing like it was one it's so fun to see people back out and it's so fun to see tables full of people smiling and talking to each other again it's an amazing thing people have been amazing coming back out at the same time very weird to have live music and tell people like don't dance with each other <laughs> and stay away from each other. And it's, it's very hard because we're trying to learn as a business how to operate under these new social guidelines, but at the same time, responsibility works both ways uh, for the community to learn how to act different and how to act because some people are extremely scared of it still. And some people are mad that they're being told what to do. And so you have to definitely marry those two together. Right. And you said that you have seen a lot of people out. So have you gotten a lot of backlash, you know, from the government of saying, oh, there are too many people at the paddock or tell me about that? Yeah, we're allowed to open with full occupancy outdoors and then 30% inside. So those numbers would be 80 outside, 40 inside for us. But we've not let anyone over 60 people total at a time 
try to control it. And we got backlash only from the governor because the, the video is circulating where it, there's people at the bar, but there's, if you look at the video, people are at their tables, but there's unforeseen stuff that happens when people go back out that the governor and the government can't predict. I couldn't predict it. I totally forgot that six girls like to go to the bathroom at a singular time. And when you go up to six girls that are used to acting that way and tell them they can't, you're not going to get the best reaction. And so another thing too, is people are used to sitting down for hours at a time. Well now 40 people want to use the bathroom at once. And what does that look like? And so it's been interesting trying to, people are amazing at like self-regulating, but you have to constantly teach them, educate them. And again, at the end of the day, I work in hospitality. I cannot yell, nor is it in my nature to yell at people and tell them what to do and criticize and abase their every move. But how do you educate people in a way that's comfortable, that helps them how to learn back out in public? So we didn't, amid from like a couple singular people on Facebook upset, there was no backlash. People, the best part is, is people see through the situation and see what it is. And, you know, there's just, we're trying to forecast what problems haven't been brought up yet past the black and white guidelines of what's been issued, you know? Right. Well, you know, also with all of this, according to some data um, done by Nielsen, before the coronavirus, takeout accounted for only 11% in the United States, but that grew to 110% the, the last week of March, as soon as everyone couldn't go out to restaurants anymore. And so due to the skyrocket of takeout and many orders, including alcohol, which was, you know, previously against the law in Kentucky, Governor Andy Bashir signed Senate Bill 150, allowing alcohol to be available for carryout and delivery services. And with many music venues in Lexington um, doubling as a bar, they have also been doing that carryout service. And one of those examples is Al's Bar. Part owner Tim Small spoke about how the transition has been for his business and what they are doing to ensure they will remain a functioning bar and place for local artists to perform. We had a, a four or five months of music programming planned out. We had a, a lot of stuff established that we didn't obviously get to follow through on. Though the performances Al's bar had planned for these next few months didn't get to happen, the bar was able to take on a different role during the pandemic. So Al's is actually operating as a carryout beer store right now. Of course, it's not like being open for regular service, but we're still allowed to provide a service to our patrons, to our community. As for reopening Al's bar, Small said he isn't sure when they will actually open, even though the official date in Kentucky for bars to start running again is July 1st. It will more be, did we learn enough? Do we feel comfortable enough to open in any capacity as a bar? Small said, though things are quite different, he has enough confidence going forward with Al's Bar, and he says he has little doubt that Al's Bar will go out of business because of the pandemic. Matthew, with the, the Paddock's Bar already being opened and being a functioning restaurant right now, what's the biggest difference that you've seen in the restaurant scene from before coronavirus to now? Oh, innovation, hands down, which is awesome because, it, you know, it's a hard pill to swallow at first, but pressure and trials like this force you to think and become better and try new things. And the coolest thing in business right now is 
there is so much grace from the consumer side and what people expect that we're able to try new things that people wouldn't have been out to a year ago. What's particularly cool about, you know, the single use serving where and how restaurants kind of have to operate right now is it puts every restaurant on a level playing field. And so it's no longer necessarily about purely aesthetics, but it's about what's the quality of food and what's the quality of service. And so it's a really unique opportunity for us being new to the restaurant scene in town to show people that good food doesn't need to be pretentious necessarily. You can have good food, um, ready to made, ready to eat, and people are being really receptive to it. And I think it's cool because it's stretching other people how to think. And I think too, just a lot of the things we're gonna see is a lot of laws that we have that aren't necessarily maybe like the law about not being able to sell liquor takeout has definitely changed because you're not really seeing a difference in how people act. And if you talk to the Metro or any the hospitals, we're ranked the hospitals, so we talk to them all the time, you know, incidents are non-existent during Corona. Reports from Metro are down. And so maybe these things that, you know, we've been hell bent on for a minute aren't necessarily, you know, there's going to be some room for changes, which I appreciate. Right. And so kind of bouncing off of that, you know, venues as bars doing carryout services. Um, Adam, so I know that you said that you guys are in a deficit right now. So I'm guessing you guys aren't doing a service like that. Um, but how are you guys still staying relevant in the Lexington, Lexington community without doing that? Uh, we've, we've done a couple live shows. We have some coming up. Um, aside from that, we've really not done a whole lot as in being open. Uh, just because we're such a large venue, it's really hard to pull anything off for us. Um, we also own a bar and restaurant in Eastern Kentucky. I told you about that earlier. Um, we've really, you know, we focused a lot of time into that, um, opening that back up, and, and we've done some remodels down there. It's a uh, .253 in Eastern Kentucky, um, and that's consumed a lot of my time right now. Uh, you know, the good thing that has came out of this is – like I said, this, this group that we're in, it, it was, you know, Manchester would be working against all these other promoters and, and venues, um, and trying to book shows. And instead now we're all together as one. And that's kind of a cool aspect that, that we've kind of taken on. Um, all the guys that we worked against, you know, four or five months ago, we're now banding together. And that's, that's a totally different thing and, and something we're all not used to. Um, you know, like Matthew said, there's there's new new rules and regulations every day, and I feel like at this point, one day is a week's worth of information, and you really can't follow anything. So we're just kind of playing it by ear and, and doing the best that we possibly can. And uh, you know, we're we're sitting here ready to go as soon as as soon as we can. So right. Well, I love that motto that we're all really in this together. So thank you guys both so much for joining us, um, Adam Hatton and Matthew Price. We really have enjoyed getting to learn about how COVID-19 has affected your all's businesses personally. Now we're going to start discussing um, the impact that the pandemic has had on artists, specifically Grayson Jenkins, who is a singer-songwriter, and also Michael Tyree, who is a local guitarist and vocalist. So guys, first, um, just tell me about the venue closures and how they have affected your profession and caused your role as artists to really change in the community. Just either of you guys can go. Grayson, you can start. Uh, okay. Good to see you, Michael, by the way. 
Yeah, so it, it was just such an abrupt uh, closure of the venues. You know, Michael and I both, I'm sure, had uh, lots of dates booked. And in this industry, the current state of things, live shows and merchandise are really your own, only ways to make money uh, in music anymore with streaming. So um, to have the biggest portion of income out there taken away just so quickly was a lot to take in. Um, but it's been interesting to see how artists adapt. And I had never done any live shows prior to this and always thought I would be pretty awkward on them. And I kind of am, but I've had to figure it out and try to get better at them. And uh, they've been pretty fruitful. And I think people engage in them. And it's made me learn things that I probably never would have learned um, otherwise. Yeah, I mean, everything just happened really fast. I had to cancel a lot of shows. And, you know, playing a show as a musician, it's it's like a, it's a release. And you finally get to show your product that you've been working so hard on. Even if it's just a cover song, you've taken all week to practice. And it's it kind of discourages you to even practice because uh, what's the point? You know, I don't have any place to play my music. So you, you get stuck. And it, it's been hard. It's been hard to find other ways to satisfy yourself as a musician because you don't have that. That, that show as as the release. So that's been really difficult. And, you know, one of the biggest changes that has specifically come to Lexington in the music industry is the closing of Cosmic Charlie's. Um, Cosmic Charlie's was a music club that hosted indie bands and had a full bar. According to a Facebook post, Cosmic Charlie's officially said goodbye on Sunday. I was able to catch up with some local artists to see how they feel about the closing of Cosmic Charlie's. Romantic Relevance had one of its first performances at Cosmic Charlie's. Diego Molina says he didn't know what to expect, but was pleasantly surprised by a huge crowd during his show. Cosmic Charlie's was one of the best gigs, if not the best gig we've ever played. Like, flat out, that is just the truth. He said one of his favorite memories from Cosmic Charlie's was getting to perform with Ivy Rye, Nari, and blueprinted elements. It's just the, the venue, it sounds great, and the bartenders are fantastic, and the crowd was so into it. Seafoam Samples' Jonah Carp said that Cosmic Charlie's will stick out to him for eternity. Cosmic Charlie's is a beautiful venue. It's a huge stage. The The sound system is amazing. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's perfect. There, there's, not, there's not really um, any other way around it. He said one of his greatest memories was when his band was playing a song and the whole crowd moshed. They just want people to come there. They don't care what kind of music you play. They just want music at their venue. They want people to come and they want it to feel like, um, like a home. Carp said that Cosmic Charlie's will definitely be missed and that the pandemic has truly changed the music scene in Lexington for him. I would like to ask both of you guys, have you all ever had the opportunity to play at Cosmic Charlie's or been in attendance for any of the shows there? Yeah, um, I've been playing at Cosmic Charlie's for 11 years. I can't even tell you how many shows I've played there. I definitely couldn't tell you how many shows I've gone to there. So it was a right when I was, you know, becoming of age to play in a bar. You know, Cosmic Charlie's was the first place we went. That's where we were playing. And what's the best memory that you have from Cosmic Charlie's? Uh, the best memory ever from Cosmic Charlie's is I was sitting at my house at nine o'clock at night. 
I got on my phone, happened to see that one of my favorite guitar players ever was going to be at Cosmic Charlie's. Totally unannounced. Didn't even see an ad for it. Go down there. And there's like five people there. It was just a really cool, intimate experience with one of the greatest guitar players on the planet. And that, that was probably my favorite. Um, obviously, playing a show there is always a good time. I think Grayson can agree. Just playing a show is fun no matter where it is. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, I never got to play at Cosmic Charlie's. I had a date booked with them in June uh, this, this month. And uh, so I uh, was really sad to see it go. And obviously, the show wouldn't have been able to happen anyway. But I lived behind the, the second, I guess it was the second Cosmic Char or first Cosmic Charlie's on Woodland Avenue. I lived behind there for five years and uh, spent a lot of time there. Um, I could feel the, the bass and the, the drums would like rattle my apartment. It was so close. And, uh, but I would walk over there and catch music. I met uh, a big bulk of my musical friends and family through going to shows there. Uh, Restless Leg Sunday, Sunday service was a big thing. Um, and so we would go over there and just hang out. But it's sad to see such a good music room um, go to the wayside, um, you know, primarily and just because of this pandemic and uh, the situation we're in. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so obviously the future of, bars and restaurants and live music events is so hazy right now and with bars being able to reopen on July 1st there are many places like Owl's Bar which also doubles as a live music venue um, but they're going to wait and see you know what is going to happen with the coronavirus should we open and so I was able to speak with um, two other artists Jonah Carp and Diego Molina about what they think the future holds for these types of businesses. Though Seafoam Samples is going to begin performing through live streams, band member Jonah Carp says he misses performing in person. We play live as much as possible. I think that that is really um, when we shine as, as much as possible. Nothing really beats uh, playing live for people. Carp said he is sure that music venues are confused during these unprecedented times. A lot of people um, in charge of venues and are running venues, I mean, it's scary. They, they don't know what to do either. Like, all of a sudden, they've been able to, like, consistently make money and support their venue for years, and now they can't even open it back up. And if they do, then they're going to get it shut down anyway. Even with the uncertainty that bars and venues are facing right now, Carp said he is sure that the music scene will bounce back quickly. Once this whole thing dies down, I really feel like it's going to make everything stronger. Though Carp feels like the community will be stronger once the coronavirus restrictions die down, Molina says he doesn't know how the community will end up responding. So, like, obviously, logistically, we will take care of, like, the medical virus, I believe. What I don't know is how, like, culture will respond. Like, will we ever be really, like, how long is it going to take for us to be comfortable enough Artists like Carp and Molina are ready for venues to reopen so they can once again resume doing the thing they love the most, performing live for people. What do you guys think that the future holds for, you know, places like Al's Bar or Cosmic Charlie's? Do you think that they're ever going to be able to fully recover and the music scene is going to be established the same way that it was before coronavirus? You want to go ahead, Michael? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's, it's a, that's a tough question. Because obviously, we all want it to bounce back to the way it was. Um, but, you know, when you're starting to open these venues back up, you have limited people allowed to come in and watch the show. Um, 
there's going to, there's going to be the diehard people that are always going to support local musicians. But I also think, and this is depressing, but I think a lot of people are going to forget about us. Um, you know, it's like going to a restaurant and no, you have to, you, you know, you have to sit so many tables apart and this and that. Some, some people are going to find that as a hassle and it's going to be the same thing with the music thing. It's going to be a hassle. And, uh, I hope it doesn't go that way, but I think a lot of people are going to forget about the local scene. It's going to take the musicians to really get together and build it back to be strong again. Grace, yeah. what's your take on it? That's a good point. I think it's, um, you know, musicians and, and the bars and venues alike pour a lot of uh, time, but also a lot of money into these projects and particularly the venues. I would, I like to call it like the musical middle class, like the, you have a lot of up and coming artists, a lot of up and coming, uh, a lot of venues that host those artists. And so it's going to be really hard for them. It's, it's not the, the big chains or, or the big name artists. Um, it's the, it's the ones that are, you know, count on um, getting those 10 extra people in the door to pay a bar tab that keeps the lights on for another month. And so that's going to be really difficult. And um, just the unknown of this whole situation is, kind of terrifying if you get to thinking about it too much um not knowing if we'll be able to get back to shows next spring or this year or you know what it's going to look like um because like you all said bars open up july 1st but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be a spike back up or that that's the smartest or safest decision so um i don't know it's an unfortunate situation but like michael said i mean i believe in our musical community here in lexington and uh there's people doing cool stuff right now. And I think that whenever things do get back to normal and they eventually will, that, uh, we'll build it back up to where it was and even better, hopefully. Well, I sure hope so for sure. Um, but so obviously you guys have said that you all have been trying to stay relevant as artists through, you know, live shows or just trying to, you know, post as much or just do whatever you can to really keep that relevance. What's your take on the way that bars have been able to stay relevant? So, you know, you guys can obviously stay relevant by doing shows through um, live streams and stuff like that, but the music videos in bars are completely you know, destroyed right now because they don't have an avenue to stay relevant like you guys do. So have you seen any bars or venues doing things like hosting live streams or anything like that to keep their relevance in Lexington? For, for one thing, you know, it's, it's not really music related, but, you know, Green Lantern and uh, Al's Bar, they've been, you know, selling to go, you know, drinks and you can go down there and pick up whatever you need. And that's a good way just to remind people hey we're still here um and we're going to be back but we're still doing something and yeah i've seen some live streams but go, go ahead grayson no I, one I, it's interesting i thought cosmic charlie's was really on top of the the ball with doing live streams that were you know very professional right there in their space um and i i personally i've taken over pages for for bars and venues that i've worked with and um, looking at maybe doing that some more, maybe like a virtual tour of sorts to where, you know, it's benefiting um, me and my music, but also um, taking up donations for those bars and venues that, like you said, don't really have as many outlets to, to raise funds and, and stay afloat uh, while this is going on. So um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting the longer it goes on, you know, what, what this, especially the pure music venues, like if they serve food, that's obviously helped some places out as restaurants have opened back up. Um, but like places like the Burl and 
you know, if it's a true music venue, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with it over time. For sure. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone who's listening for joining in to Campus Voices. Um, as we can see, the closures of music venues in Lexington is truly an issue that continues to affect not only the venues, but also local artists who are trying to perform in those venues and make a living. So thank you to our guests, Michael Tyree and Grayson Jenkins for joining us. And next week, we're gonna be discussing the protests for the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm Kennedy Soberwall, and you're listening to Campus Voices on WRFL.